Our Bible reading, our Bible reading is from the Old Testament book of Zechariah. So you go to Matthew, which is our first uh, New Testament book, and then you go backward, Malachi, Zechariah. If you're using the Pew Bibles, it's on page 943. We are going to be reading the whole chapter, but the sermon is going to be based on the first six verses. So Zechariah, chapter 1. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, son of Ido, saying, The Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, Thus declares the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out. Thus says the Lord of hosts, return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets... Do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they repented and said, As the Lord of hosts purposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so has he dealt with us. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month of Shebat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, son of Edo, saying, I saw in the night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in the glen, and behind him were red sorrel and white horses. Then I said, What are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. So the man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered, These are they whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. And they answered, The angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees and said, We have patrolled the earth, and behold, all the earth remains at rest. Then the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you have no mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, against which you have been angry these seventy years? And the Lord answered, Gracious and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. So the angel who walked with me said to me, Cry out, thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem. And for Zion, I am, exceedingly, I am exceedingly angry with the nations 
that are at ease for while I was angry, but a little, they further the disaster. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I have returned to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, declares the Lord of hosts, and the measuring land shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Cry out again, thus says the Lord of hosts, my city shall again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion, and again choose Jerusalem. And I lifted my eyes and saw, behold, four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? And he said to me, these are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And I said, what are these coming to do? He said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one raised his head. And these have come to terrify them, to cast down the horns of the nations who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter it. It's a bit unusual, but I have I decided to skip past the introduction tonight and go straight to verses 1 to 3 and introduce briefly for us uh, the historical but also the theological context of our book. I'm doing this because uh, Zechariah 1 verses 1 to 6 is itself an introduction to the rest of the book. So I thought that it would be a bit redundant to introduce a text that is itself an introduction. I'm doing this also because uh, this is what the text is doing. It's, it's cutting to the chase and it's taking us right away to the heart of the matter. The people of God have returned from the exile, but their relationship with God was still broken. This is what we learn from the dates that we read in verse 1. It's the eighth month, it's the second year of Darius, not Cyrus, Darius. What this means is that they've now been back from the exile for about 16 years. And if we were to read the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and Haggai, we would learn that it's been now uh, 16 years. 16 years since they've come back, but 16 years plagued with all kinds of difficulties. They've been back for 16 years in the land. There's just been trouble one after the other. Lack of food, heavy taxes, constant opposition from, from the neighbors, and a, and a temple building project that is just going nowhere. And Hagar is going to be preaching about this. But here is the heart of the issue though. Here is the heart of the issue. Geographically, they are back in the promised land. Physically, they've come back from Babylon. But in another sense, they were still in exile. Darius, a foreign ruler is on the throne. And spiritually, the people of God were far from God. They're back in the land, but their hearts still away in exile. So in his grace, God sends to his people the prophet Zechariah. Now, it's not a book that we have... Well, heard a lot of sermons about. It's a, it's a difficult book, but we'll 
come to it verses by verse, a chapter at a time, and we see how we go. So let's look at our passage together. Our first point tonight. Difficult words, but truthful words. Verse 2. Difficult words, but truthful words. The Lord was very angry with your fathers. This is how Zechariah's sermon, first sermon, begins. These are the Lord's very first words to them, spoken through the prophet Zechariah. And if we were to translate this verse literally from the Hebrew, it would read, the Lord was angry with anger. Just to bring out the emphasis. And the reason for God's anger is explained to us in verse 4. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out. Do not be like them. God said to them, return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds, but they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Do not be like them. The Lord was angry with his people because they completely ignored him and refused to listen to him and didn't pay any attention to what God was saying. God was calling his people to repent, but they couldn't care less. They didn't take their sins seriously and they didn't take God's message of repentance Seriously, they live their lives with their ears closed to God. So yes, Trent, we do want to pray for God to open our, our ears. We do want to do that. God says to them in verse 4, Your fathers, in other words, your ancestors, paid no attention to me. They paid no attention to God. And Zechariah was now preaching to the sons and the daughters of a generation of people who had completely ignored God and lived as if God didn't matter. This sounds very familiar, isn't it? How we live in a, got a world around us uh, that's becoming more and more secular. We, we might be called to minister to a generation of people who know very little about God. So is there, is there a book of the Bible that help us do this? Well, Zechariah. Let me read for us a passage that the prophet Jeremiah preached that the people ignored. And that's before the exile. It's recorded for us in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 12. This is Jeremiah's sermon, a word from God. Return, faithless Israel. Return. I will not look on you in anger, for I am merciful. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt, that you have rebelled against the Lord your God, and have not obeyed my voice. Did they hear what God said? They didn't. God said to them in this passage, repent. I will not be angry with you. I am merciful. Acknowledge your guilt and repent. Jeremiah was preaching before the exile. And in this passage, God is pleading with his people, return, turn away from your sin. But they didn't. They ignored God, paid no attention to him. And this is not the only passage that we have where we see God pleading with his people again and again and again, repent. 
So let me read for you uh, from Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 30 to 32. That's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Ezekiel chapter 18, it reads there, Repent and turn from all your transgression, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgression that you have committed. And then God says those words, Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure, says the Lord, in the death of anyone. So turn and live. And we look at how the book of Zechariah starts. We might think these are difficult words to hear. But we need to remember that for years God had been patient with his people. For years God had been pleading with his people again and again. God has extended his mercy and his love and his patience and his offer of forgiveness to his people. But they said, no thanks. Well, they didn't say no thanks. They just ignored God. And to make a stronger point, God uses in that verse, verse 2, the Lord, capital letters, God uses his personal name. That's God's personal name speaking to them. Yahweh, the Lord, in capital letters. Now, God uses this name to remind them of who he is. He is the Lord, their God. Not the gods of the nations, their God. The one who saved them out of Egypt. The Lord. Capital letters, the Lord. God's personal. God says, you've, you've heard me personally. That's, that's the sense of the verse here. God makes it personal. I am the one who led you through the desert into the promised land. Yahweh, the Lord. God uses his personal name in the book of Zechariah to remind his people that it is him who gave to them all that they needed. And in many ways, they had it all. The Apostle Paul talks about this at the beginning of Romans chapter 9. Uh, the Apostle Paul is agonizing on his people, and he says the Israelites they had it all. Of all the nations of the world, God chose them, gave them his law, gave them the temple, came to dwell among them, gave them the priesthood. They knew what it meant to worship the true God. They had the prophets, they had the promises, they had the covenants. They had it all. But they turned their backs on God and they lost it all. And here we are in Zechariah chapter 1. And God reminds them of their history of sin and, and rebellion. He tells them that he has been angry. And we should not confuse God's righteous anger with our anger. When I'm angry, um, you know, whatever, it often is a, a sign of lack of self-control, a, 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 a demonstration that I've run out of patience. Whether I hit the table or slam the door or whatever that I do, that's not righteous anger. That's not what the passage is saying there. God's anger is his, his just. And righteous anger and righteous response to what is evil. So yes, difficult words for them to hear, but truthful words. Yes, they were back in the land, but their relationship with God was still broken. Do you see what God is doing? He's taking them to the heart of the problem. 
He's reminding them that their relationship with him is broken. He's reminding them that they are standing under his anger and wrath. You know, we, we, we've been listening to the series of sermons uh, from Alistair Begg. He was in Romans chapter 1. Where does the book of Romans start? The wrath of God is being revealed against all unrighteousness. Our sins separate us from God. Our sins rob us from our relationship with God. Our sins need to be addressed if we want our relationship with God to be restored. God doesn't simply say, let's make as if uh, there's nothing wrong. God doesn't sort of uh, pick up a corner of the carpet and sort of put all the sin underneath it and just pretend that it's not there. The Lord reminds them of the history of sin and disobedience and rebellion against him and that he takes sin seriously. And that this is where their relationship with him is at. They were difficult words, but truthful words. Talking about sin and repentance is not a very popular message today, isn't it? Even within churches and among Christians, talking about sin and God's anger are becoming more and more of a taboo. We don't like addressing it. We don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. We're not quite sure how to navigate those kinds of questions, so we, we stay away from those discussions. But, as we see in Zechariah chapter 1, as we see throughout the Bible actually, unless we speak about the problem of sin, people are not going to see their need for repentance and their need to seek God's forgiveness. It's like having an undetected virus or disease living inside of us. Unless we know that it's there, we are not going to be seeking help. And it will continue to destroy us. So unless we understand the eternal consequences of our rebellion and our sins against God, we won't turn to Him for salvation. So unless we have the courage to speak truthful words like Zechariah did to the world around us and to tell people about what the Bible teaches about sin, we are not really helping anyone. And dare I say, we are not really loving anyone either. Because we know that if they continue in their rebellion and sin, we know that there is a judgment to come. Our, our pastor has been preaching about it this morning, calling us to repent, to turn away from sin. And we know this. And then, we, and then we've got the word, the gospel words. We, we've got the answer. Why won't we share this? So this is where Zechariah begins. Zechariah begins by reminding the people that though they have returned in a sense from the exile, their relationship with God is broken. Zechariah brings a strong but truthful word to the people of God. The Lord was very angry. So what's next? Where do we go from there? Now that the problem has been diagnosed, what happens next? Verses 3 to 5. Confronting words, but gracious words. And what I want you to see in those verses, it's God's gracious nature. So verses 3 to 5. Verse 3, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. I picked to read from Psalm 103, just before we started the worship service. 
at the beginning there because I want you to see the mercy and grace of God as he deals with his people. I want you to read this, Psalm 103, because there David tells us that the character of God and the Lord is merciful. David says this to us. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abandoning in love. But then David continues to speak about who God is. And he says to us, do you want to know about God? Let me tell you about God. God, the Lord, does not keep his anger forever. He does not repay us according to our sins. And then David goes on to say, think of a father who has compassion on his children. The Lord is like this father. He has compassion on those who fear him. And this is what God is doing by sending the prophet Zechariah to his people. The Lord is reaching out to his people with a call to repent and a promise to return to them. The Lord is reaching out his merciful hand to them. And he's going to give us all these visions that we're going to be looking at to confirm to his people that he is serious, to confirm to his people that his word can be trusted. And we're going to have to navigate those difficult visions is this guy, this man riding on a horse? What is he doing among those murdering trees? What about those craftsmen? What are they for? I'm going to have to navigate all of this. What is God trying to say to his people in all of this? So yes, difficult words. Yes, the Lord detests all that is sinful. Yes, the Lord judges all that is evil. There is a judgment to come, but the Lord is gracious. The Lord is compassionate. He doesn't rejoice in the rebellion of anyone. And so the Lord, once again, reaches out to his people with a call to repent, return to me. Not just to the land, not just to a place, but return to God, which is the title of the sermon. It is as if God is saying to us today, do not just turn up at church, return to me, return to God. Verse 4, do not be like your fathers. In other words, learn from the mistakes of the past. Do you see how Zechariah explains in this passage? He, he goes on then to unpack and explain what repentance looks like. He says to them in verse 4, Turn away from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. God is angry. Repent. And then he says to them, well, you need to understand what that looks like. So repentance involves a turning away from what is sinful. It involves a turning away from a life of disobedience against God. It's a turning away from, in our minds, in our attitude, in our actions, away from what is sinful. So walking away from sin. But Zechariah doesn't stop there. We, Zechariah tells us it's a, it's a turning to God. So it's turning away from sin, but it's going in, the different, in a different direction. We ought to turn to God. So we stop going one way, now we're following God. But notice again where it all begins. Verse 2, God is angry against our sin. Our relationship with God is broken. We need to go back to him. How do we do that? Verse 3, God calls us to repent. Verse 4, repentance means moving away from sin and turning to God. And this is not a, a take it, a leave it kind of message. Uh, there's a warning attached at the end of verse 4. Pay attention. Do not be like those who ignored God. It's, it's a plea. It's not repent and you know, go home, think about it. It's not like that. It's repent now. Do it. There's a warning. Don't be like your fathers. And the most tragic verse in the whole section is verse 5. Look at this question. Your father, says the Lord, 
Where are they? It's the saddest verse in that section. Where are your fathers? Where are they? What do you think the answer is? Well, where were the fathers? No more. Gone. Dead. Do you see the point here? There is a time for repentance. and That, that time is now. Our days are numbered. No one knows when death will come to claim us. Now is the time to return to God. Now. Now is the time when in your heart and with the help of the Holy Spirit, you turn to God and you say, Lord, I have sinned against you. Please have mercy on me and forgive me. I like this passage in the Gospel where there's this man that calls out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now is the time when we ought to look to the cross of Christ and remember that Jesus, the Son of God, died for us, for you and I, to forgive us, to heal our broken relationship with God. Now, not a minute later, not after the service, right now. This is God's promise to us in verse 3. I will return to you. The Lord of hosts, the Lord Almighty. The Lord of hosts means literally means the Lord of the harm armies of heaven, the ruler over all things, the most powerful being in the universe, is saying, repent, come to me, and I, the Lord of hosts, will return to you. God's promise to those who repent and turn to him is his promise of amended and restored relationship with him. Do you see God's message of grace? To, the broken, to a broken world. Do you hear it? This is the gospel from the Old Testament book of Zechariah. Repent and believe. And by the grace of God, they did. They did. Verse 6. Humbling words. Words of life. Look at the end of verse 6. So they repented and said, As the Lord of hosts purpose to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so he has dealt with us. They repented. The Bible teaches us in Luke chapter 15 that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 sinners who didn't think they needed any repentance. The people that heard the message of God through the prophet Zechariah repented. They recognized that their relationship with God was broken. They acknowledged that God was angry with them. They listened to the message. They did not ignore the words of Ze that Zechariah preached. They did not fall asleep during his sermon. Just checking. Uh, they turned away from their sins and returned to God. They didn't make the same mistakes that others made. They repented and humbled themselves before God. How do we know this? Well, we are told. Look at what they say at the end of verse 6. As the Lord of hosts purposed to deal with us from our ways and our deeds, so he has dealt with us. Notice, they, there's no blame shifting. They don't say, oh, it was, it was the old generation. No, there's no, it wasn't me. 
they recognized that God was just in the way that he dealt with them. So they humbled themselves before God and repented. In two words, our passage tonight is about humble repentance. To those of you who do not know God, to those of you who do not know God, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, the Son of God, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus, the Son of God, says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And you hear tonight, and you hear those, verse, uh, those words from Jesus. What that means is that to know God, you need to go to Jesus. You need to learn about Him, believe in Him, trust in Him. Trust in what He has done for you. The Bible tells us that Jesus, the Son of God, came into our world to offer up His life as a ransom, a payment for our sins, my sins, your sins. By doing this, Jesus paid the debt of our sins in full and therefore freed, freed from the debt of our sins. We, we can approach God and we can know Him. And our broken relationship with God can be restored. Confess your sins to God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Go to Him. But what about those of us who believe? Is this message of repentance for us? Well, a couple of years ago, a young man visited our church. A young guy who was very passionate about the gospel. Um, he spent a few time in Japan trying to be a missionary and, and evangelize. He came to our church one Sunday, and he met with uh, a member of our congregation. And he said to uh, one of the members of our church, he said, uh, you've been a Christian longer than I have. Do you have a word of wisdom for me? And the elderly man replied, repent. And the young man was confused. He thought, what do you mean repent? I've done that many years ago. But what we learn from the Bible is that we are sinners in our very nature. And though by the Spirit of God we have been changed and are able to say no to sin, and pursue the things of God. Yet in this world, sin will continue to be part of our lives because of the weaknesses of our flesh. And we, like Paul in Romans 7, we, we want to fight it. We know it's wrong. We find ourselves doing it again. And we, we need God's help every day. We need to repent every day. In an article that I, read, that I read recently, I came across these words. Christians are not always pressing forward, forward with their eyes fixed on Jesus. Does that surprise you? Christians are not always pressing forward with their eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, the Bible talks about the race, not always running. I think that if we were to examine our lives, and the Bible tells us that we ought to, some, if not most of us, would find that this statement to be true. We are not always pressing forward with our eyes fixed on God. We find ourselves are sometimes wandering away from the narrow way. We find ourselves wandering away from God. We find ourselves neglecting our faith. No wonder the Bible compares us to sheep. Do you know this hymn? Now, about to close. Do you know this hymn by Robert Robinson? Come, thou fount of every blessing, or maybe you, you know the hymn as this one. Come, O fount of every blessing. You know, in the, in the last verse of this hymn, the writer says, 
prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God of lo I love. Take my heart in mercy, seal it. Guard it for the realms above. Do you know that hymn? When we, like Robert Robinson, find ourselves wandering away from God, we ought to learn to return to God in repentance and seek strength from Him and pray that what He prayed, that God would seal us and protect us from stumbling. Amen. Let us pray together and then we'll sing our last hymn and then I will read the benediction for us. Let us, let us pray. Faithful Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Uh, we pray, Father, that uh, you would uh, bring conviction to our hearts tonight, that we might indeed turn to you in repentance and faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.